You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, if you're listening to this um, as it comes out, then uh, obviously um, you are fully aware of the situation that's going on in the world with this COVID-19 virus that's going around. So first of all, I hope that you are uh, keeping safe, keeping well, keeping indoors and uh, doing all that you can in order to help everyone get through this. And what I wanted to do is is actually sort of have this podcast go out because um, we are hearing about the new normal a lot at the moment. I'm hearing that term coming uh, or being used quite a lot. And it's got me thinking: What exactly is this fabled new labor? You know, new uh, new normal. This this fabled land we're all sailing towards. And perhaps one of the things that I think that's really encouraged me that I've seen um, going on in, uh, in 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 sort of the the the, the circles that I, I operate in is is the amount of openness and willingness of people helping others in whatever way they can and and with absolutely no expectations attached and. This is what I think real collaboration is about and why I've got a bit of a hunch that once this is all over, the new normal, it's going to be remembered for starting something that I'm sort of terming the uh, collaboration economy. And maybe thinking, well, I'm not sure what that means, Adam. Um, you know, can you tell me a bit more? Well, what I've been doing um, is actually collaborating with with other people. And what this episode is, it's um, it's a recording of a, a call that I did with um, a, a couple of guys, Chris Bruno, who uh, has been on the podcast. So make sure you check out his episode from uh, Social Link and Travis Ketchum from Campaign Refinery. Now, we <laughs> first of all, we were supposed to be doing an, an open Zoom collaboration call and it was open to anyone who wanted to join and um, be able to get some two-way interaction and conversation going. But unfortunately, we learned a pretty valuable lesson, and that is don't put an open link to a Zoom call out into the world because we didn't want people to register and we didn't want people thinking that we were using this as some sort of data gathering exercise or anything like that. We wanted as many people to come on. But unfortunately, a few people who have clearly been stuck inside for a little bit too long showed up and thought it would be hilarious to um, the term that I've seen now used is Zoom bombing. Um, We basically got Zoom bombed. And uh, there was just a bunch of people that turned up, started throwing insults, profanities, showing screenshots of really lewd things and horrible stuff. And it was just awful. And it was incredibly sad, if I'm honest. It was a really sad thing because, um, you know, all three of us had um, dedicated some time to really just have a conversation and a chat with a lot of people. And it meant that we had to um, essentially quickly cut that 
and um, go on to a go-to webinar, which didn't allow the two-way. But it did mean that we still managed to have a, a conversation between the three of us. And I wanted to share that with you with you here. And, you know, obviously, there's probably a few villages missing more than one idiot by the look of things at the moment um, with what's going on with that Zoom bombing thing. I don't know. Absolutely no idea. But here is the conversation between uh, Chris, Travis and I on essentially... What is happening right now, um, how we see things, um, some ideas on on what we can be doing at this point and um, you're looking to the future. So I hope you enjoy it. And um, yeah, let me have your feedback. And uh, yeah, if you if you like this sort of thing, then then please do uh, drop me an email at Adam at Think Like a Fish. And um, I'll let you know about any future of uh, uh, calls that we've got coming up. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I am in the Seattle area, uh, which was the first confirmed case uh, in the US. Um, and thankfully, we were one of the first ones in the US to take it more seriously than other states. So, um, you know, we're not out of the woods, but we are seeing the curve start to do this. So um, that's encouraging, unlike New York or other places. Um, but you guys are all over the world. So where are you guys yeah. from? Well, uh, I'm, I'm just outside London. and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it seems to have gone a bit uh, a bit crazy here, and we're you know hearing stories of people you know just on our street that have been put into hospital and they're on ventilators and all sorts, and you know it's 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 a serious thing. I mean, from the from the you know just the the, the human aspect and the health aspect, this is this is a serious thing, as you know, not to mention the you know the side that we're sort of you know more more likely to be able to talk to, which is the you know the the business and potentially sort of economic side, but yeah it's it's a real eye opener and i got symptoms don't know whether it was the thing or not but i was laid up for at least 4 days so i i sort of got out of the uh, the 7 day period i think sunday and went for a walk and and the sil or the, the quietness is so noticeable because there's so much less traffic hum there's no airplanes there's no trains it's really interesting it's a, it's an interesting one though, isn't it? Because so I'm based in France at the moment, completely serendipitously that I ended up here of all places, um, and then ended up sort of going into lockdown. It was two weeks, two weeks ago already, um, and so obviously being here, I was watching what was happening in Italy and Spain, uh, and then realizing obviously what was coming next for the UK. And actually, Adam and I were on a an open Zoom call that went much nicer, um, and uh, that was that was what ten days ago on the Friday, mm. um, and I was talking about it because you know I could see what the steps were that had happened in Italy and Spain, and then that started happening in France, um, and we were talking about it kind of openly about you know this is what I think you know will follow suit around the world and it'll come to the UK as well, and as we came off the call. I think Adam sent me an email saying Prime Minister's just announced the first stage and what you were talking about earlier. So we were talking about it in terms of, you know, there's a huge, so much sort of happening, so many things that are going to change because of mm. this. I think what I've enjoyed the most so far, like in terms of a, a conversation with a client was, you know, the only thing we can do now is kind of a hypothesize towards what the new normal may in fact look like. Um, so that we can see, you know, how we move forward, what we decide to do next, what we decide mm -hmm. to to try and create, or what we try and change. And I think that's the big thing, right? That's mm -hmm. right now. It's a time for 
change and evolution in business models just like by the way again not to make people feel like it's all doom and gloom or anything but just like happened in 2008 and 2012 and then for uk businesses 2016 with brexit you know there's been times of, of these sort of mass hysteria and problems that happen crises that happen that do require us to to reevaluate right the uni unique thing about this though is that it's a lot larger uh, in a sense that it's happening to everyone at once um mm. that's fairly unique you know because when, when i think about it like in terms of 9 11 right like the, the big event here in the states um you know that was just america and obviously the whole world felt it but like you know it's 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 sort of uncharted territory in a lot of ways for mm. so many countries to be hit not only just from a death toll but then the, the massive economic blowback that's going to happen for years everywhere uh, you know the one upside is everyone has to find a way through it together it's you know it's not yeah it's not just kind of like well that, that's america's problem or that's china's <laughs> problem you know it's, it's we, we were always interconnected before that but um even more so because we're all going through the same collective pain um that means we'll find collective solutions mm. but uh it's it's fairly unprecedented um to have this much shock to the system all at once everywhere in the world yeah and and as you say it's unprecedented in that yeah the the thing that comes all at once you know these sort of things tend you know tend to either drip or they happen on a more regional level as you say the 9-11 you know the world saw it but they kind of watched from afar rather than it being mm -hmm. something that um you know people felt instantly right there even things like the you know the financial crisis and stuff people watched from afar and it didn't you know it happened but it the, the effects weren't felt until you know there was a bit of a delay there was a bit of a lag in terms Slow of burn. people yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it's like, oh, when it happened in China, people started sort of like, mm, that doesn't really, you know, it's that whole sort of, it's almost like a grieving process. It's like first the denial, then the acceptance, and then, you know, it's going to be the repair. It's, it, it's sort of like, right, well, well, that's something that's going on. It's, the, you know, the normal way people, it's going on over there. That's in China. That's miles away. It's not going to affect me. And then you hear the first one in Italy and you still think, well, it's not going to come over here. Then it's France and blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden it just hits and everything starts going down so quick you downplay the severity too you think like oh yeah. yeah it's here but like is it really as bad as everyone says you know because the you're all we're all skeptical of the media right like they're trying Absolutely. to hype it up get page views get eyeballs yeah and then all of a sudden like three days later you go from like hey i was having dinner downtown to like there's nobody out mm. at all and there's something in there i think that could well come out of this but we never know but it's like it's it is the way that the media reports things it's the sensationalism it's all of that and it's kind of like we've got so distrusting of the media that maybe if there wasn't that distrust around it some people would have taken this a bit more you know seriously earlier on and maybe the impact would have been lessened i don't know but the same could be said of, of governments of people that are in charge and all the rest of it i'm not going to get political but if people aren't necessarily well, the UK sort of... in the US here, we're not exactly the beacon of uh, <laughs> the government perspective. So, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, I, I just think that maybe it's gonna it's gonna force people to think about, well, not people, but it's it, you know as a as a world culture, it's like who are we putting in charge? Who are we looking to? Who are the leaders? Who are the people that are gonna you know, actually? be honest rather than hiding things or sensationalizing and, and, and all the rest of it because i think that we got so so sick of bullshit being fed to us and we're so skeptical 
who knows i don't know what what that will mean i don't know whether it will make a difference and whether the world will demand something different but who knows i think it's um it is interesting there but you know the sensationalism is basically the same as when we talk about the attention on social media right it's harder mm. it's more expensive you've got to pay for it more so that sensationalism is just the same sort of crap but on a tv stroke newspaper stroke you know what's the worst headline you can write about one thing in particular that'll mm. make people feel 10 times worse than potentially they should um and the thing is it's uh it's not really a good way of doing it um mm. but again i it is on a global scale it's everyone that's affected but what still amazes me is in two months the entire global system collapsed like literally you know everything is on hold we're all in like i know it sounds really cheesy now we are all in this together because literally mm -hmm. up or down cycle and both of us well, sorry all three of us have had conversations separately and, and and whatever else but the more i look at this the more i realize no single industry is going to be unaffected not one that I can think of. No country is going to be unaffected in any way, shape or form, you know, economically, especially down the line. Um, mm. And actually, you know, again, hypothesizing about what the world looks like, you know, how long till air travel is relaxed? You know, how long after one country runs out of cases do the other countries that mm. maybe, you know, aren't too sure or whatever else are skeptical? Are the airlines still going to be there? Will we go back to the olden days of flights costing hundreds or thousands? You know, every single part of this is kind of, there's going to be some form of an evolution. Um, and I think probably even for, for all of us as well, helping people with digital marketing, right? Um, every aspect of this, you know, there's going to be certain similarities. There's going to be certain things that are stay the same, certain fundamental rules. But I can imagine there'll be um, there'll be changes and shifts in in people and consumer uh, consumer behaviour and in terms of how people choose to buy. Will they go more local versus more global brands in the future? So I think yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting time to be alive. That's for sure. Well, just to be clear too, like even in a time that we're going to experience that we're at the beginning of, but it's going to continue is you know a massive financial and cultural shock and, and contraction in a lot of ways of overall GDP. Whether a market's going up or a market's going down, somebody's making money, <laughs> right? And there are things that are going up, right? Like uh, the funny graph I saw last night was uh, Google trend interest in Flobies. <laughs> you know what the you know Flobie is? You guys ever heard of that? No, I was going to say, no. like the Flobie. It's like an American, like as seen on TV thing. It's not actually popular, or at least it wasn't before. But it's uh, it's an attachment you put on like a like a vacuum cleaner or a shop vac that like sucks your hair up and cuts it at a certain length because no one knows how to cut their hair. <laughs> so weird. Brilliant. All I'm saying is like there's weird products and there's weird niches that are going to see a spike in demand, right? Yeah. Whether that's you know masks, hygiene products, uh, how to cut your hair at home, um, all these things like. Yes, overall spending has contracted because people there's uncertainty. Uncertainty causes fear. Fear means you just kind of freeze a lot of spending, right? But people are still going to spend money to feel good. People are still going to spend money on essentials, right? And so it's it's thinking about how do you align yourself with the new the new needs, the new demands of what your marketplace may have, right? Like ad costs have collapsed. You know, do either of you guys run ads at all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something like up to sort of sixty percent down, and the exposure you're getting is, you know, phenomenal as well. So theoretically, you're getting, 
you know, almost double your value for your ads at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, you, have, you have to weigh in that sales conversions are a lot lower right now, at least in our experience. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. are experiencing, but this is yeah, an the, amazing time to build an audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's that's all I'm saying to people is is if you are considering doing any kind of ads, stop making them, you know, sales conversion ads, make them audience building ads because that audience will stick there, you know, when when things do sort of turn around. Um it's it's a time to get more specific around the kind of people that you are actually targeting as well, because you can get even more value by being more specific. Um mm-hmm. because they will yeah, they will things I guess that if you're if you're going after an industry like restaurants and all the rest of it, maybe that is going to be a longer turnaround. Who knows? Who knows how many of them are going to be in, uh, you know, to to survive all that kind of thing. But if you're in a, you know, if you're if you're in a B two B industry, if you're if you're serving a type of industry or, or or doing something for people that is 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 going to be there or, or is still able to sort of function through this, then. Anything that you're doing, whether it's organic, whether it's to your own audience existing, or if it's looking to recruit, I guess, new eyeballs and people, then simply showing up at this sort of time is is probably the most valuable thing you can do when it comes to um, if you're advertising or if you're creating content or anything like that. It's showing up, right? That's half the game, right? Well, yeah, and I think that's that's part of it, right? So the target audience, knowing who you want to go after in the first place, which is something that still amazes and baffles me that when I speak to a business that doesn't. But, you know, giving people now, right now, real value and building relationships, that's going to be huge, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the only thing you can really focus on. Anyone who's hard selling to me right now or pitching something at 40% off because they think that's a good plan is either going into spam, unsubscribe, or, you know, just straight up getting deleted you know you'd have to be really lucky that i ran out of something in particular that day and you emailed me but it's not the moment for it um Mm. travis just really quickly as well i'm kind of looking at the attender the control panel and we have got some questions um Mm. so i know nina cook uh, i believe that's nina that yeah i think she was on here but i don't know if she is still here um doesn't look like it um and then we got michael but i think he might have gone as well okay cool well we'll keep an eye on that guys like just if you ping a message if you want to talk or give us your side of it we'll happily yeah. um yeah jump on conversation as well uh, we're, we're going to be looking at travis or at least i am to to do the technical part <laughs> yeah sorry i, I, I had nothing. the question box part closed so thanks for bringing this to my attention <laughs> 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 no, we're all we're all really sorry we weren't expecting to do this no. as a webinar so uh webinar but, um, skills are a little bit rusty for me yeah, Chris, I mean, you bring up something interesting. I mean, one of the things I think, if there's if there's anything that you should be sort of pitching right now, if you're if you're serving people, especially if you're in a you know service business or something, it's the only thing that you should be selling or pitching is conversation. I think because you don't know what people are wanting, so there's no point trying to ram what you already have down their throats. You don't know if they want it. They, you don't know if they need it. It's kind of like you know, if somebody is you know trying to administer. CPR to someone and you walk over and say, Hey, by the way, um, have you seen down the road they're offering 50% off of uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like it's not, you know, that that, that doesn't Timing, work. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of what you're doing. Whereas if you know you are that per- or you, you know, you see someone administering CPR and it's kind of like, you know, do you need help? I'm a doctor, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm a medical absolutely. professional. It, it, it's it's maybe my analogy falls down a little bit because yeah, I don't know. Uh, especially as you're not supposed to be 
touching people at the moment um, for CPR. Um, <laughs> well, I think you can't touch on those. You can't push what worked before. You know, you gotta, you have to have a new conversation with your audience to ask them what do they need now. Mm. You know, it's it's okay to collect revenue. <laughs> like we mm. we all have to live. Like no one's telling you don't transact, but lead with learning. I think from your audience is probably a big thing right now. To you know, how can I help you? What do you need? And and recrafting your offers to fit the context of the time that we're in, <laughs> because that's not going to change moving forward. It, it changed overnight, but it's not going to really change that much moving forward. Um, and, and find a way to serve them that is valuable, right? Because that, that's all really a transaction is, is, is an exchange of value. And people are still going to need to exchange value. It's just going to look a lot different than it did before. And it may well. That's right. Like, Karen, sorry, Chris. There you go. <laughs> so I, I think that's exactly what it is, though, right? You're talking about the exchange of value and no one's saying not to take money. But I think there is a moment of, and again, depending on what business you're in or what you're doing, I've had three calls with new businesses in the last five working days. Um, every single one of the calls, and they've asked for a particular service or they want to get involved in something particular, I'm taking the time to talk them through what does your business treasury cash flow look like? in six months if you're not pulling in business if you're not bringing in revenue is this going to be detrimental or add value because certain industries certain businesses i think people aren't quite realizing what the effect will be of a potential two month three month six month of you know lockdowns or partial lockdowns or whatever it might be things are going to look very different right so i think there's an element and, and i heard a horror story today from one of my team members who was Basically, who's identified somebody um, who's using a VA to build websites and then selling it to companies in like the panic stations of if you've got a retail store, you need to open a website right now as quickly as possible. Two grand will get you up and running and literally using a VA to pop these things up, which all of us on this call at least will know is going to be awful. It's not going to generate any revenue. It's not going to help their business long term or short term. But actually, two grand at the moment for a small business is a huge amount of money, right? Yeah. It's a lot of cash that can help them get through a month or maybe even if, you know, if it's a one-man band, that's two months worth of your food, living expenses and whatever else. You know, that, I think that's a big ask. And I think there's an ethical kind of question around what you're saying as well, Travis. You know, before you, you push that, is there a real value? But also asking the question, is this what they really need right now? Or could you actually help them do something else or point them in the direction of a 150 pound Squarespace, uh, for example, website and, you know, charge them a couple of hundred quid to help them in the right direction. Yeah, I yeah, think that's all awesome. for sure. Mm. Right, go ahead. No, no, I, I think that, um, let's be honest, it's 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 kind of like the, the, the things that I often hear, well, I, 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 I often say is that most people don't start a business to learn marketing. They don't go necessarily into a business to learn how to sell. And they also don't go into business to learn how to be an accountant. And so unless they've got a pretty solid accountant who, you know, is saying, right, you know, you need X months of operating um, capital behind you in order to weather downturns. Uh, you know, some people say six months, the smart ones say 12 months. Um, but let's be honest, you have to be fairly well established in order to have that operating capital behind you as that sort of buffer, as it were. So a lot of businesses out there are going to be suffering from that cash 
flow situation. And most businesses don't go out of business, don't necessarily go out of business because they don't have good products, good services. They don't deliver results. They'll go out of business because of poor cash flow. And when and, something and like this hits, you know, business to you know, like, let me rephrase to be an established business does not mean that you actually can weather the same storm because in, in the U S we're seeing airline companies, yeah. uh, like I believe it was, uh, United was saying if they didn't have a deal in hand by today, the end of March for a $58 billion bailout, uh, which was just like two weeks after they started to see a downturn, they would fire 75% of their staff because they were not going to make it through the end of the year. Mm. Um, and this is the same company that less than 12 months ago decided to buy back 3 billion of their own stock. So <laughs> you don't, it doesn't, you know, just being an established business is not carte blanche that you have enough cash to figure it out. Right. Probably mm -hmm. there's probably like five companies in the world that have a war chest that truly withstand anything. Like one of those is Apple. Right? Apple. Amazon, yeah, that Google. was in my head. <laughs> uh, you know, because Apple just hoards their cash. Uh, yeah. You know, they got what 120 billion liquid in the bank. So I think uh, I think it's even higher than that, Travis. It's like it's closer to the 200, isn't it? Oh, oh, mate, I don't know. They were doing a lot of buybacks, but they but they can afford to buy back. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all good, you know. It's not like they're spending their last penny to buy back their own stock to this perceived shareholder value it's like well you know what's more valuable is when you stay in business <laughs> well i think that like for the travel industry in particular as well it's going to be really interesting i was talking about this the other day i flew london to south of france i paid 28 pound 99 for a single no luggage one thing or another and that was with british airways now the same flight 10 years 15 years ago would have cost me 300 full stop then we had all the low costs come in so everyone's cheering for, yay, we can go on holiday for £4.50 to the other side of the planet or whatever it is. But the reality is all these business models are completely unsustainable. Like you said, you know, if they don't get a bailout, Jesus, it's only been three weeks since international travel was really cut. Three mm -hmm. weeks. Like, that's crazy, right? So these are obviously completely unsustainable in terms of if there is another downturn, if something changes, if whatever. But I think you'll find again, like another one of those, it's another one of the industries that won't look the same when we come out of this. You know, will, will companies like EasyJet and Ryanair for Europe, which are like the low cost ones, um, will they still be there in six, nine, 10, 12 months if international air travel hasn't resumed exactly what it was before? Well, and it, it won't. It's not, you know, we, we're not just going to wake up one day and flip a light switch and all of a sudden it's back to, you know, January 5th. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to work. Travis, pretend. <laughs> It'd be yeah. interesting, you know, with with the airline industry, it's it's like, yeah, they'll go out of business. But what's going to happen with all the with all the stock, like with all the planes, like they're just going to sit there and rot. Like there's so much out there with all that that it's just going to sit and and I mean I don't know enough about the industry to 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 even comment really, but it just that just makes me think. Well, if it does go back, there's going to be no other airlines that have the money to buy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's that sort of further domino effect that will happen. Maybe it will be companies like Apple that go into Flumin Aviation. Who knows? I don't <laughs> it's weird. Too low but, margin, man. Apple is yeah. 30% or better. Very true. Very true. <laughs> no, what As I said, you know, Apple the iPhone. Yeah. I get it. I'm a sucker. I, you know, I'm, I'm financing their back end. So, yeah. Well, to yeah. be fair, so am I. And actually, to be fair, I think Adam's got an iPhone and he's wearing his AirPods and he's got his Mac down there somewhere. <laughs> Is that an Apple Watch as well? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm Apple's bitch. All right. <laughs> All right. So well done, guys. We single-handedly helped Apple yeah. to stay in business outside of that. Um, but yeah, no, but, I think it's a, interesting to think, like you said, Travis. So if you fast forward a year down the line, right? So we're at the end of Q1 2021. The world will look different. We all agree on that for, for sure. But what are the what are the principles that companies, especially small to mid-size, you know, that are that gonna struggle for sure? But what are the principles that they should stick to and focus on that can really help them in the future as well? Yeah, just one second. I'm I'm answering a couple of questions here. So Oh cool. We got questions. That's well, one, one question. I, I handed over to you and I thought it was your problem then. Um I mean, yeah, yeah, so I, I can pick that up because I, I, I think sort of ultimately the clues in the question there, because principles are principles, right? They don't change. Um, you know, what are the principles of good business? Well, it's delivering a good service that solves a specific problem to a specific group of human business, uh, human beings, right? So that fundamental will never change. It's like it's really understanding what are the problems that people are dealing with. And how are you best served to actually solve a specific problem, right? That's what every business is set up to do. I don't know if enough truly understand what that is for their audience, their business and all the rest of it. But that's, you know, maybe this is a time where people can actually now sort of go, right, okay, we really do need to understand what this is. You know, I personally, as a, as a parent to two kids under four, can't stand how many people are saying, <laughs> you know, now that we've got all this extra time, I'm like, I'm working half days because we're sharing childcare, right? So I just want to strangle people. Anyway, that's my bug there. But for those that do... Just a lack of empathy and understanding is what that really comes down to. Wow. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> me a few years ago before kids. I wouldn't have had a clue. I never realized exactly how, um, yeah, interesting they make life. <laughs> um, but I think that for those that do, this is a time to potentially... If you can weather it, if you have a little bit and you're able to do some of this, it is to step back and to look at, you know, from a from a business perspective, what is your model? Is your model the right thing? You know, is the way you deliver services right? Is the avatar, is your ideal client specific enough? Are you really delivering a service that solves the problem that they really want? How do you know that? Well, you go and have conversations with your existing clients, your past clients. You find out. Um, you know, what they're worried about, what they're thinking about, but also what they're thinking about potentially for the future, because we can sit here and have this conversation and sort of have ideas and all the rest of it. But we don't know what your individual market will be saying back. So I always, you know, I'm encouraging people to do these sorts of things with a group of clients, with one on one with clients, that sort of thing. But I also think there's an opportunity to really sort of go and look at the internal of your business systemize things start documenting things become more efficient because that's what i'm having to do i I'm, I'm fairly systemized and all the rest of it anyway and you know i i start generally at 10 and i finish at five but i'm now really having to condense that into three hours so i'm having to look right okay how can i really document systemize pass things off and all the rest of it because i have to but that will serve me uh, you know, when things come out the other side, because all of a sudden you come out the other side, having been forced into this situation to really look at things, really optimize. And then what are you going to be left at the end of? Well, okay, I've got extra time now. I've got space. And what you choose to do with that at the end 
that could be the difference. Having that breathing space when things do start coming back in a way could be the thing that helps you move forward while everyone else is then scrambling. I don't know. I think that's a good point. Like it literally now is a great time. You know, no one's got an excuse right now not to create real content, right? Like right now would be a great time when people are saying to me, you know, I'm too busy. I don't have time to create a newsletter, email, whatever for my business, for my clients or anything else, you know, and I get that, like you said, you know, if you've got childcare and everything else, things are different. Things are hectic, more than, more than hectic. But I think right now, you know, if your client base has just disappeared, if your, you know, if your whole industry is taking a knock, uh, working with somebody in the education sector, I'm trying everything I can to help support her. Um, but, you know, literally schools right now are closed. The ones that aren't are in the UK that are for emergency workers. These guys aren't thinking about improvements or working or trying to do things better. They're literally thinking about trying to survive the day and figure out what happens next. So, you know, you have to sit back and look at that and go, right, well, hang on a second, you know, revenues disappear. Actually, what can you start doing today that will help you in six, nine months, a year down the line? What are the sort of things that will bring huge value to people at those times as well? And actually being able to concentrate and put that effort in now. So instead of doing the old fashioned, you know, dropping out a blog every day, just a crap quickly thrown together is actually what could you do if you spent an hour every day for 14 days creating a mega piece of content that was of real value to your audience, ready for when it does need to be a, a value. And, 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 and I can hear, almost hear an objection where people are going to be thinking, yeah, but that's not going to help me right now. It's like, no, it's not. And I guess the caveat has to be that, yes, whatever you can do to keep kind of, you know, head above water right now, obviously, probably takes priority. However, there is, it's, it's interesting, the new normal that, you know, whatever is going to come down the line, it's not that, you know, and you come back to the principles, the principles have always been the same. Marketing is about playing the long game, right? It's not about sort of chucking something out on Facebook and hoping suddenly a thousand people click and buy, right? It's about consistently showing up, providing value, thinking about the way that you position yourself, how you, you know, put things out there in the world and all the rest of it. And actually, you know, the, the, the biggest growth hack, secret, all the rest of it is play the long game. Always has been, always will be. And maybe it will help because right now it's hard to really push the short term, you know, the fast ads, the you know, quick revenues and all the rest of it. And it's going to force people to look at that long game, look at that growth that maybe you're not going to get in the next six months, but you can start sort of seeing that, that sort of curve go up if you are showing up consistently and not sort of sticking your head in the sand right now and just thinking, I can only think about what's happening in the next hour. I know that's not necessarily a reality for a lot of people. So it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to, you know, find the balance of the language to talk about it because, yeah, maybe you are going to... Maybe you're not, you know, some people, and it's a fact, that is not going to be here in six months. You know, they're not going to be doing the same thing. But if you're able to, really thinking about that long game, I think is, is you know, it's, it's critical. It's a principle that will not change. I'd like to bring up two points sort of related to that. Uh, and, and also what, uh, Chris, you mentioned. Yes, people have more time than ever, but I wanted to also acknowledge the fact that, um, some people may be feeling a bit of uh, emotional trauma from all of this, <laughs> which will make them less productive than they might otherwise be. So the time in and of itself is not necessarily just like, 
Yeah, it's not like being given 10, 15, 20 hours a week in January. Um, mm. it, it's different. And people need to acknowledge that it's okay to like, you're like, why am I so tired? Or why am I not very productive uh, right now? And that's fine. But like, find a way to refresh and reset yourself in a way that's productive. And I don't mean productive, like is in terms of necessarily business output, like that would be great. And that may be what some people need to survive. But like, go for, uh, you know, a socially distanced walk, or, you know, find a way to, you know, try a couch to 5k program, like, find things that can help reset you mentally. It's not just burying your head in the sand and binging Tiger King or whatever on Netflix, you know, like, it doesn't have to be productive per se, but try to not necessarily make it a distractionism either. Um, and, you know, it, it shouldn't last forever, but it's okay for a short period of time to not feel like you're this like rock star output level. And for those that are just starting to work from home, I can tell you as someone who's worked from home for nine years, this is not normal work from home. <laughs> There's significant duress in the world that makes this different. This is sudden forced isolation for a lot of people that aren't used to it. So if anyone's going through this experience and thinking like, you know, Jesus, this is work from home, like this isn't for me, this sucks. You know, it's, it's, this isn't an accurate representation. Um, and so it's, it's okay to kind of take a step back, reset, try to clear your mind and then think about moving forward. And the second piece I wanted to say about, you know, you, you, you know, your point was Adam, they, you know, so a lot of businesses aren't going to be around in six months and that's a really shitty reality, but it is a reality. And as long as you can understand that that isn't necessarily a reflection on you as a person, as long as you find a way to reinvent yourself afterwards, that's also okay. Like maybe the business you have today, isn't the business you're going to have in a year. That doesn't mean that you're going to be a permanent employee for the rest of your life either. Though those things are not, you know, lockstep with each other. So I just want people to be able to give themselves a break. Yeah, I mean, for anyone that's been doing it for a while, running their own thing for a while, let's be honest with ourselves. Is the business you're running today the same as the one when you started? Probably not. Because there's been iterations and things have changed and you've followed opportunities or you've had to react to situations, all that kind of thing. So that's what I mean. This new normal, it's, it is going to be a new normal, but in a, I don't necessarily think it's going to be as dramatic because ultimately we are in a world and we interact with human beings, right? And our behaviors haven't ultimately really changed in, you know, thousands and thousands of years. We're still going to have the same needs, you know, basic needs, wants and all the rest of it was going to have the same, um, you know, desires and, and all the rest of it. And and the way that we're going to want to interact with people, you know, it, it's our behavior and the way that we react to the world is not necessarily going to change at an evolutionary level, let's be honest. But I think some of the external stuff that will change, but it's about, okay, how do we adapt to that rather than adapting or, or thinking that we have to adapt? adapt sort of you know just the ways that we are human to each other and i think one of the beautiful things about what's you know what's what i've seen that's been happening and and, and unfortunately the zoom thing was uh, you know an example of maybe some people not embracing this but it's, it's something i put on the post it's like i think what is going to come out of this is is something that I, i'm kind of like you know the, the term came into my head when i was writing it is it's the collaboration economy and so many people offering help 
advice, just being together with no expectation of anything. It's just like, look, we're all in this together. And I, I would love to see that continue after this. And that may mean that your business right now is not going to be here in six months. But if you have spent time during this, so, you know, get, you know, connecting with people, your network, um, clients, all that kind of, you know, whatever it is, and you just have conversations and brainstorm and think of things, maybe there's merging, maybe there's things that you do on, you know, together, something different, but it's, a, I think there's, there's going to be so much more value in the collaborative piece rather than pure competition, because you know, human beings naturally collaborate, right? It's the school system that teaches us to compete. And I just. Well, and, and that's, that's you know, division in politics too, you know, if you think yeah. about it, almost every country has, you know, multiple parties and, and it's, you know, winning at all costs, right? For me to mm. win, you must lose. And mm. I tend to think that when you look at any major event in history within countries, these type, these type of deals make us all realize we have way more in common than we have separate, right? You know, all of a sudden Democrats and Republicans here in the United States start to realize that, you know, at the end of the day, like your neighbor, regardless of who they voted for or what, you know, what their beliefs are, mm. they still need food. They still have families to take care of. They still have income to meet. And when mm. it really boils down to it, when you get past all the bullshit, <laughs> we're really so much more similar. And, uh, and so that, that more cohesive thing is, is my biggest mm. hope for, for things moving forward. Yeah. I actually, um, sorry, Adam, I was just going to jump in. I saw a post on LinkedIn earlier today from somebody um, looking for an agency to help with website graphics and branding stuff. And basically, I, I think my response was something on the lines of right now, there's a lot of freelancers in a world of pain. Try and find four or five of them to bring them together. And actually, those five freelancers will work, I imagine, probably harder and faster than um, than potentially an agency would, uh, especially an age of bigger agency or anything else. And talking myself out of work almost, but there was this idea that in my head, which was those five freelancers that collaborate together for that first time on a project are potentially going to see what the value is that they have. And you know, we we all talk about scarcity versus um, abundance mentality, right? And and if they realize that, and actually by five of them coming together, you know, it sprouts either a potential new for a, a new normal for them in terms of how they work, being able to bring multiple skill sets together, or maybe one day they become an agency. You know, I have no issues with that idea. I don't see it as being a competitive zero sum game that if another person turns up, there's less for me. But I do look at it in the sense of, you know, there's there's going to be a world of opportunities, right? There's things, things are definitely going to be different. And, you know, without profiteering, and I make that very clear. I still think there's going to be huge opportunities out there for, for people as well. And like you said, reinvent themselves. Might not look the same way as it did before. Or like Travis said, you know, it, it won't look like it did on the 5th of January. But that's not the end of the world, right? It's not the end of the world. And you'll be able to reinvent yourself and not beat yourself up because of some global crisis. That means that your business has to be put on hold and you have to come back to it a year down the line in some different guise. Yeah. Well, we well, what I don't want to see is... Yeah. What I what I don't want to see is is people becoming victims, and then that becoming an identity to them, because it will become you know as as you've said, Travis. It's it's the some people will suffer through this, and it will be terminal in terms of a business type of thing. 
as long as you don't sort of like internalize that victim mentality and just like, well, it, that happened to me and what's the point and blah, 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 blah. Like that would define be, you. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not going to be easy. None of this is going to be, but then let's be honest, nothing, nothing about sort of, you know, running, starting a business, growing a business, nothing about life is easy, right? Going through school, being a parent, like so, there's just this weird kind of, psychology in I, I don't know that i i've i've sort of seen is that things should be easy there should be an easy button we've just got a bit soft right so maybe this is a bit of reality call that like no life isn't always a bed of roses if you want something you're going to have to work hard for it it's not always going to go how you want you're not going to get the pony princess right it's not <laughs> that way and as long as you don't just sort of internalize it and go well it was supposed to be given to me. It was supposed to be easy. I was fed the lie, blah, blah, blah. And actually stick a stake in the ground and go, do you know what? No, this is hard, but my God, I love the challenge. And I'm going to reinvent it and I'm going to do something different. And I'm going to just go out there and find a problem to solve. Maybe it's a bigger problem than the one I've been solving. Maybe I'm going to look at solving a massive challenge in the world in my own small way. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I just don't want that to. I really don't want to start seeing people do that because that's really that would be that would be the one of the you know apart from the you know the obvious one of the worst things that could could happen to people. I think in this situation they just lose their gump, for want of a better word. I just want to take a minute and remind the, the attendees that are here. We'd love to have some of you guys on uh, to join the conversation. Uh, we don't want this to be us talking at you. It was intended to be a lot more collaborative in the beginning. But uh, mm. for those of you who hopefully didn't end up on the Zoom, <laughs> it went sideways on us due uh, to some you know, yeah. bad actors. But I see a number of names and people that are, are, are here. Um, so, you know, Trevor, Mandy, Isaac, you know, any, any, you know, Clark, any of you guys who would like to participate more deeply, we'd love to have you on to talk about your business what's what is it like where you're from what are you going through right now you know um what are your challenges what are the questions that feel insurmountable right now we'd love to mm. work through that so if, if someone is interested in joining us mm. please drop a question and i i can make you a, a panelist and we'd love to have you on so sorry to interrupt guys but i just want to make sure everyone who yeah, yeah. has joined late knows we we want it to be more interactive if possible Definitely. I just looked as well. So Anna, uh, who's actually the head of social for us at Social Link, has put in a question, which what do you think would be a bad thing to invest in right now, business wise? Now, obviously, other than aeroplanes, um, <laughs> you guys got any, uh, you got, you guys got anything in mind? Apathy, doing nothing. I that think if you look bad. back, yeah, if you do nothing, I think if you look back 12 months from now, you'll be wanting to kick yourself in the ass <laughs> yeah. about, you know, like, you know, on one hand, I said, you don't have to be ultra productive. You know, you don't have to be the next Isaac Newton who like, you know, invents the, you know, writes down mm -hmm. the laws of gravity in your free time. Uh, the flip side is if you don't do jack shit for six months, you're going to be pissed. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you got to find yeah. a way to, to do something. Um, I think if you, you flip the question, bring groceries, bring groceries to your neighbors, like do something, you know, yeah. I think if you flip the question the other way around and said, what would be the number one thing you would say to invest in right now? And I'll ask you both, what, what would you say? So Travis? Well, for me, it's, at least in our business, um, like I, I did free some of the spending we were doing on the user interface stuff, stuff that was nice to have. 
and I have doubled down on the things that I'm confident are going to move the needle as soon as possible. So for us, that's, you know, first party email sending, um, being able to ramp up verification credits, SMS credits, all those kind of things. And being okay with having a feature set that will bring us more revenue, even if it's not the one that makes me the most happy in the business, because I'm actually really proud of the design work that the design guys were doing. It's amazing stuff, visual builders, brand new coat of paint, you know, that's what made me happiest, but that's not what's going to move the business forward mm -hmm. the most. And so having to make that tough decision about working on only what I must and not what I want in the short term is, is the internal struggle for me personally. Mm. And I, I, you, Adam? I think for me, like being, being more of a service um, led business, I would say the number one thing to invest in at the moment is relationships. And I know that could sound a bit, yeah, a bit fluffy, but hear me out because relationships are ultimately that, you know, so it, relationships are the things that are going to open potential opportunities. And unless you sort of um, go down the route of, of having those conversations. So investing in relationships through conversations, having conversations with your, with your clients, with your staff, having regular check-ins. If you run a business and run a team, have a daily check-in, right? Do a group Zoom call and don't just sort of, you know, talk about, you know, all the bad stuff that's going on. Talk about, but, you know, be open and transparent where we are, what we're doing, you know, how we're responding to it you know complete candor like this isn't a time for bullshit anymore it's like let's be completely honest cards on the table this is what's happened this is what we're doing this is what we want to do but also checking in with people like that work for you because they're scared they don't know what's going on how's things like that will be something that again with a caveat providing that you are here um, eventually your staff will remember that you're you know going back to your clients making little um you know one-on-one -on -one little videos if you know if you can't get people on the phone and just sort of saying here yeah, i'm just checking in um i know this has all been crazy and, and all the rest of it um we're here for you doesn't have to be anything to do with what we do if it's a you know if it's just a chat a bit of moral support blah 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 we're probably not top of your priority list right now but you know we're here like but just doing it in a, in a real way not like you know, you see some of them, it's like, oh, brilliant. Um, you know, I got a, I, I got a COVID update from, um, I don't know, McDonald's the other day. Brilliant. Um, I'm, I, the world is fine. But it's, it's, it's maintaining that relationship with your existing clients. And if you have to adjust terms, if you have to adjust the way things are done, if you have to defer things, do it. Because like you said earlier, Chris, it's, it, you, know, you don't want to be the one that's responsible for putting someone in crap further down the line because they haven't necessarily sort of thought about it in that way. But it's also a little bit like, you know, a little bit like what we're doing, invest in relationship with other people in your industry that you can just put content out into the world. You can have conversations there. You never know within your network or within, um, you know, the, the relationships that you create with potential strategic partners, that people can pass referrals, that can do all sorts of things like that. That's where it's like, it's not about new right now. As you've said, it's, you know, if you want to go out and spend on trying to acquire brand new customers at the moment, it's a fool's errand. But I don't think, again, it's coming back. The new normal isn't 100% different. It's just resetting and refocusing. It should always have been this way. Focusing, you know, if, unless you're a brand new company, focusing on the relationships with your existing clients, with the people that are already knowing and liking and trusting your business and, and helping them to help you by helping them further. That's what I would be investing in. That was a lot of helping in one sentence. Yeah, I couldn't help it.
<laughs> I'm about so to kick you off here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Travis is brutal with these things. You'll be gone in a bit, Adam. Sorry, man. It's been good. I'll catch up with you later. Um, no, it's, so the big thing I was actually going to say was, you know, investing in yourself. Like from my side of things, I'm talking to clients and everything else. And, you know, Travis, you and I have had many a conversation about, you know, mental well-being, mental health as well, in terms of how important that is for people. And right now is a really horrible time, right? For all of us. Like, it's just not nice. It's not natural. We're caged up. We feel like it's a bit of a weird one. You have good days, you have bad days. Everyone will. Um, and also to say to everyone out there, you know, I'm not sitting here giving out advice thinking that I'm going to be fine. You know, if this thing goes on and the economy is struggling for six, nine months, I'm going to be affected just as badly. My team members will be affected as well. The people that we work with, the suppliers, the, fre the freelancers, the everyone will be affected in the long run as well. You know, so we're going to do everything we can to try and survive it. But we've been a kind of scrappy agency for, for years and we're happy with that. We like the way it works. But I think at the same time, you know, you've got two sides to this. And I talk with friends and stuff like that. You know, it's very easy right now to sit at home and grab another bag of biscuits or whatever out the, uh, the cupboard and go sit in front of Netflix. Um, but it takes a little bit more courage to say, right, hang on a second, what can I do for myself? Whether it's, you know, reading, whether it's, you know, about four weeks ago, I was sat here in France, things looked a bit weird in, in Italy and everything else. And I just started doing some really basic exercises at home. You know, just starting with like, yeah, every day, you know, I want to do 10 press-ups every day. And then that slowly builds up and then 10 press-ups aren't quite such a pain in the ass. And then you do 20 press-ups and then after that you add in some squats and then you, you know, there, there's stuff that you can do mental health wise as well. Mm. I started using Calm for completely different reasons, for personal reasons. Um, but I'm now on like a 44 day streak or something. Uh, and it becomes like a part of my day that actually I really look forward to. My dad looks at me like I've lost the plot because I'm sitting in the corner just with my eyes shut for 10 minutes on my own. But the reality is, you know, all of these things are super important. And I don't, and I don't yeah. care if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, freelancer, or even if you're an employee, you know, right now taking care of the headspace to make sure that you don't start digging yourself into that hole and it's dark and it's horrible and I'm alone and literally, and you know, it's very easy to do that. Um, I've worked remotely for, well, for four years now, basically nonstop, traveled one thing or another, loved it. Uh, I know it's not for everybody, I'll admit that as well, but I've been used to kind of finding myself in a new country on my own, trying to meet new people, one thing or another. So whatevs, you know, these things happen, but don't beat yourself up and certainly don't go at this alone if you're starting to feel bad, horrible, miserable, anything else. Do everything you can in your power. And I know it's easy to say and harder to do, but I am trying to do it as well every day. Find ways to make yourself feel good about the, the, the headspace that you're in currently. Yeah. And and one thing that I mean, I've probably watched more news in the last few weeks than I have in 10 years. I used to be a massive news junkie. I used to read every single paper. And then one day I just went, this makes me feel crap. So I just stopped. I went on a complete like cold turkey, stopped. And I got enough to you know know what was going on in the world. But since this all kicked off, I started binging again on the news because that's my personality. It's kind of all or nothing. It's the ADHD. And I've had to kind of just now really just limit it again because you start like if you if you don't and you just watch the news and you see like it's still very much around everything's bad, look, look what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Just limit it. Get the facts. Get get enough, you know, watch the headlines and then that's it. Because if you continue to watch it, because I found myself going, I was going, oh, I didn't realize it was this bad. Oh, crap. Huh. 
I feel rubbish. If you just watch the news at the moment, that's what will happen. So just limit your news consumption. That's all I'm saying. Um, and, and, One and good choose... tip I heard someone say was uh, no, no news after 6 p.m. Interesting, yeah. This is like caffeine all of a sudden. We're like that. <laughs> For me, it's 4 p.m. Can't have coffee after 4 p.m. Yeah. We start to internalize the the global stress and it starts affecting yeah. your sleep, which, you know, you don't sleep as well. You wake up and you're on worse footing and it just becomes this like vicious yeah. downward cycle. So, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, um, but that after 6 p.m. is a good rule of thumb. I, I haven't quite 100% obeyed it, but it was it was good advice, I thought. Yeah, if if you want a real lift up, just do the PE lessons with Joe Wicks that's just gone global at the moment at nine o'clock in the morning that I'm doing with my girls. At... <laughs> and just watch your kids doing like exercises and trying to do push-ups. It's, you know, that'll make you laugh. Um, or just, just watch Mandy it. in the audience says, good idea. After six, it's wine time. Oh, yes. That's, you see, now that, that's something I can get behind, right? Especially yeah. in France, right? I mean, you got good, you got good inventory over there. We, we kind of start around lunchtime, uh, but actually, so it's quite interesting because I realized how easily I was slipping into it. So this week, I actually set myself a goal of not drinking during the week and going back to, you know, having a couple on the weekend and enjoying it, but not slipping back into that habit of having two, three, four glasses of wine or a bottle um, of an evening because literally, and again, it's the same thing as what you're saying about the sleep after 6 p.m. You're not getting a good night's sleep. You're waking up dehydrated. You're feeling slightly down and i think once you hit a certain age right we all get to um a point where hangovers come with a hint of depression on the side <laughs> so you kind of wake up in the morning and you feel a bit shit about life in general so i'm trying my hardest to make sure that i don't go falling into that uh, into that trap too much but mandy yes i do agree a glass of wine what an awesome way of doing it really well i do appreciate those who did who did jump on i know it was you know sort of a a real-time audible and we had to do our best but um i'm glad that we had the had the time to get together today thank you guys for doing a time that worked for mm. me in the pacific time zone out here on the west coast of, of north america um i know it's later later in the evening for you guys but um much appreciated and good to connect You're and very welcome yeah, yeah and anyone thank has you. any questions yeah where, where's the best place for people to reach out with you guys probably social somewhere i'd assume yeah i mean linkedin is probably the best one for me um just search my name adam king um you should find me um that's pretty yeah, that's where i'm most active what about you chris if anyone, anyone wants to find me at just chris bruno on twitter and happy to have a chat and again you know even if it's a chat that pretty much just involves venting for 10 minutes or whatever else i'm happy to listen i don't think anyone should be alone in this at this stage facebook or twitter um but i do prefer twitter at travis ketchum sure. so thanks again guys i hope Bye, you have guys. a good day Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.